Transition partners take mental health very seriously. We are now supporting Claro Mental Health Charity, who are local and based in Harrogate. We are working closely with Richard Kenny, who is the IT director at Tech Buyer. Claro operates as a commercial workshop making goods for businesses, which enable those with long-term mental health conditions to function in a voluntary real work environment. We would love it if you can join us in supporting this amazing cause and charity and donate what you can. Any any amount will be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much and thanks to all our listeners. Hi, this is the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. So hello everyone, thank you very much for tuning into the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So we are super happy today to be joined by an old friend of Sandra's who's Nigel Wilson. He is the Director and General Manager at Scott Logic. So Scott Logic is a high quality UK based technology consultancy, creating intuitive software applications for clients in very complex domains, employing 300 plus permanent expert technologists and delivering specialists with deep domain experience in financial services and the public sector. Nigel has been leading Scott Logic through a continual period of sustainable organic growth. He's executive board director with accountability for the consultancy PL. So hello and lovely to meet you, Nigel. Good morning. Hi Nigel. Nice to have you on the show. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Sun's finally shining again as well, isn't it? So that's we like that. It's always a benefit we can get out without the umbrella. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Well, it's great to, um, we had a really good catch up, um, what, about a month or so ago, wasn't it? After right. a very long time of, um, um, obviously I've known you for, for a number of years now, so it's great to have you on the show. Um, it'd be really good to start with finding out um, and understanding for the uh, listeners, I guess, um, more about um, your background, um, mm-hmm. your journey, where it all started um, for you. So if you could talk us through how you, I guess, how you got into tech and where it all started and yeah. how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Gosh, well, I'll do my best. It's 20 <laughs> years or so to summarise. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it all started with a, with a curiosity as a child to uh, know how things work. Yeah. I was kind of always in, in trouble with my parents because I'd be taking apart whatever electronic toy or, or gadget I had. Like, hmm, what's on the insides? You know, how, how's this function? What makes as long as you were fixing it after. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I've got all these spare parts left over, yeah. And um, <laughs> so, uh, so it started there a bit with a curiosity for, for that. And that led me into sort of um, an interest in electronics and computers uh, and um you know, going to uni at Newcastle, I did um, microelectronics and software engineering. So it's quite a, an interesting sort of uh, degree because the concept was you could basically go from uh, knowing how to, uh, you know, take a grain of sand, make it into silicon, uh, make it into a chip, uh, 
program up an operating system and all the applications and things that sit on it. So um, quite a quite a broad thing. And I think probably when I uh, first sort of thinking about starting my career, I wasn't kind of sure which direction I was going to go in. I was always more interested in sort of the, the hardware and how things work mm. rather than the software. And it wasn't until I got to uni and started programming. And I thought, oh, this is great. I can achieve a lot more without having to necessarily kind of go out and get all the bits, you know, and solve it. <laughs> so, uh, so that was quite good fun. And um, uh, from there, went into a, a grad scheme, a consultancy, Logica, as it was at the time, down in Cambridge. Um, worked on uh, some interesting kind of projects. It was all see Unix in those days. So people... Just a quick question on that. So um, mm. getting into the grad scheme, I mean, is that something that you kind of, when you, were, when, when you were at university, was that kind of like you felt like that was a set kind of path for you or did you fall into it? Um, I've heard yeah. well, it's kind of, kind of interesting because I, um, you know, I, I always recognised I wanted to kind of have a have a, a, a career in a job after uni, and so I was sponsored by BT when I was at university, and they sponsored this oh, cool. castle with a view to bringing yeah. in uh, future future managers into the business. So it's quite interesting because although I was doing a very technical degree on the side mm. in my holidays, I was doing projects at BT. Uh, training on some of their management courses and, and that sort of thing um but then in the sort of early 90s they were kind of cutting back on their graduate intakes but ah might not get anything at bt you're gonna have to look around uh and so did the usual thing of um uh you know thumbing through the sort of milk round book and trying to find which mm, i remember milk round yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it was it, that was that was really where it where it started really yeah um, and, amazing and Fantastic. So um, you were, how long were you with Logica for? And then where did you go Ooh, from? A couple of years. So I did a couple of years with them, uh, did a little stint with a product business. I think early in my career, I was kind of like, oh, I love sort of making things and, and yeah. love the tech, but kind of like mm, consultancy product business. And I sort of oscillated a couple of times in my early career before deciding it has to be consultancy because of the variety it kind of gives you an exposure and, yeah. and more at the sharp end in terms of the business and dealing with clients, which is a kind of real passion. So, mm. um, so yes, yeah, so also to and fro work for a, a, an organization called Cambridge consultants for a while. Um, wrote some interesting software to inspect contact lenses in the factory so that you could reject the ones that were, that were broken before they got into the packets. So also oh, cool. interesting low level sort of programming types. <laughs> Really, really interesting. I've worked across all sorts of domains in my career. Uh, and as I mentioned about being in consultancy, that's one of the things I really like is the kind of variety working across, across different sectors. Um, and then sort of late 90s, uh, starting a family. Um, uh, met my now ex-wife in, in Cambridge uh, when working at Logica, both on the grad scheme. And um, oh, really? <laughs> starting a family, late 90s, decided to move back because obviously our, uh, sort of, uh, uh, we had family back in Yorkshire. So it made sense to have that ecosystem support, starting a family. Mm-hmm. And kind of, we want to raise our children as, 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 uh, as, as Northerners and Yorkshire people, obviously not. not <laughs> <laughs> headed, back, headed back to my hometown of York uh, after about four or five years in Cambridge. And... Um, uh, and then that was kind of interesting then because I kind of like having done sort of five years in my early career programming and mm. uh, sort of on the tech side was like, well, mm, okay, I kind of, I know how the, sort of some of the tech works, but I want to kind of you know, do a bit more, 
uh, always had a curiosity for business, I think, from that early days as a graduate doing the sort of mm-hmm. management course with, uh, with BT at uni. Um, and so it sort of took a slightly bold move and went to work for an advertising agency in Leeds to do this thing called new media, um, building, <laughs> building websites and all sorts of things, which were um, cool. in 1999. And, um, uh, and that, was, that was fascinating because I suppose it's a completely different world. You know, I'd worked in, in tech consultancies and tech firms, and here I was in a creative agency. It was all very mm-hmm. colourful and sparky. And, and it's all very hip and the in-trend, and, wasn't it? Very then? different environments. Of course, most tech companies yeah. are like that now, don't they? But uh, yeah. they yeah. didn't in, 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 in the late 90s. Um, and, and again, though, there was a kind of theme coming through in terms of innovative use of tech and some cool projects. So we did, um, this will date it, we did the first um, interactive test message uh, video show for MTV, which uh, won some awards at the time. That is oh. very cool. Basically, the teenagers, because text messaging is just, just taking off then. Um, so we did the, the text messaging. You could vote in what video you wanted next, A, B, C, D. Um, <laughs> you should spend so much credit on that <laughs> and it would change the video and, and that was like that was that was groundbreaking technology uh, i bet your kids love that as well i can imagine if it's like your dad's making that back then that's so cool <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we did a similar thing we did all the we, we processed all the text messaging for the very first big brother when big brother launched for the very first show we did all that and oh, sent out the text message yeah. what was happening in the big brother house and that kind of stuff so um all sorts of kind of bizarre and interesting internet projects that uh, uh that, that were really cool uh and then sort of uh did that for about five years uh and then punctuated by a startup and kind of uh a joint venture with a client which uh which didn't last particularly long uh got mm. back into consultancy again uh so i worked briefly for what is now pixel was then ioco in york oh yeah uh, yeah did a couple of years uh, project management, account management for them. Uh, and until lockdown, that was the only period I've sort of worked really, uh, worked in York, that kind of couple of years. And then mm-hmm. uh, uh, got tapped on the shoulder by a recruiter in my network who said, oh, there's this small consultancy in Leeds. Uh, they're looking for someone to go and run their Leeds office. Would you be, would you be interested? I was like, well, okay, I'll go and, go and talk to them. That was, that was BJSS and um, spent nearly 10 years with them. Uh, in various roles and that sort of was the sort of um, thing I guess that my career took off into Mm. leadership and getting into bigger positions Um, uh, that business was only about 60 people when I joined roughly half and half Um, Um, yeah how many were they at when you left do you know about 650 700 wow amazing tenfold sort of growth really during those yeah 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 and that took my career sort of into into new areas again uh, innovative use of tech and complex problems. Yeah. Some of the huge programs that that were involved in at the time um, around FX trading, high frequency, low latency uh, FX trading, uh, oil dealing and pricing, um, cool. all sorts of really cool stuff. And that exposed me to projects on a completely different level that I've not sort of worked on before. Um, so that was kind of a, a, a really exciting adventure. And then sort of bringing it up to date. Here I am. Now today, sort of at Scott Logic, and uh, yeah, really enjoying that. Uh, getting to travel around normally when we're not in lockdown uh, for uh, amazing offices across the UK uh, and a smaller sort of uh, uh, sales and account management base over in Copenhagen as well for some of our European. Ooh. 
And you've been instrumental in the growth, haven't you, of um, at Scott Logic as well? I guess when when we spoke, you said that you'd you know pretty much been doing what you'd the, a similar role to what you would you'd gone to do at BGSS to start with. Yeah. Um, and it, it sounds like you've been on a, a great um, growth path within Scott Logic as well. Um, fantastic, great um, track record. You've got some really interesting things um, there that you could probably shout out a bit about a bit more. Um, <laughs> And um, so on that point with regards to Scott Logic, mm-hmm. um, it'd be really good to understand and know a little bit more about kind of, I guess, like current pain points and challenges um, in your role and, and how you're overcoming um, those, particularly, um, I guess, with um, coming out of lockdown and, yeah. um, you know, how that journey's gone for you, any kind of particular pain points um, and anything that's, I guess, you, you think that would be useful for our listeners and, and viewers to, to learn about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been an interesting year for us, really, not what we're kind of expecting. And um, <laughs> certainly could call it that. <laughs> 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 well, we're all we're all we're all sort of thinking. Well, yeah, because we had a, f- a few years. Because when I just joined uh, Scott Logic, I joined uh, about a month before the EU referendum. Mm. Um, and then sort of uh, there was that vote and it's just like ah okay what does that what does that mean for us in the business and kind of like the business continued to grow um, and then of course now we've had the had the pandemic so it's, it's kind of interesting but I think um, I guess my sort of philosophical view on all of this and reflecting on sort of a, a career in tech consultancy is that um, periods of change tend to bring with them innovation and the demand for the kind of services that we offer really um uh, and, and more so because uh, you know a lot of our clients may be perhaps uncertain about making their own investments and in expanding their own teams and people mm-hmm. but still have significant change to deliver to to manage the uncertainty uh, out there in the markets and in, in the bigger business environment really um in terms of in terms of challenges i think the key thing for me uh, the thing that i've missed the most uh, is being able to connect with all the people across the business. Mm. You know, one of the things I've always tried to um, be as a leader in the business is kind of accessible to our people. And Mm. whenever I go around the offices trying to like, okay, well, we'll go and have a beer after work or I'll be in the kitchen at lunchtime, come and have a matter with me if there's anything on your mind, that sort of thing. Um, And that sort of stuff's really hard to replicate in this online environment. Um, the, The nine to five, the work is absolutely fine. We're all, uh, able to do that and our project teams are working remotely perfectly well um in fact all the business is set up for remote development by default in terms of the way we work with our clients um so that all the all the day job works fine but the bit that's hard is the kind of maintaining relationships getting those sort of little conversations with people um it kind of feels a bit kind of um a bit odd to kind of maybe just drop a Teams meeting in someone's diary for a one-to-one and kind of like, oh, we haven't chatted for a while, let's have a chat. And people think, what's, what's all that about? What's going on? <laughs> um, so we, we've done a few things like everybody has. I don't think there's any any secret sauce here. Um, we've had, you know, virtual wine tasting, virtual gin tasting. Uh, we've had, you know, the sort of uh, kitchen chat. So kind of, you know, there's an open channel at, at lunchtime and where people would normally sit around the tables in the kitchen and natter to each other having their lunch. I sat around at home and you just drop in and out of an open channel um, to have a conversation. That's one thing that we've we've 
I think that's really nice and we've tried to implement that a couple of times but we've we struggled with that um because obviously because a lot a large part of our role is to be on the phones um so obviously it's difficult to have kind of like open meetings or open discussions where you can just drop in and out of conversations but I think that's um you know I think that's been probably really healthy for for a lot of businesses yeah Um, How's um I'd be interested to know um how um with obviously you being in a consultancy, um how kind of lockdown and, and I guess the current measures that are in place in terms of um you know not safely being able to conduct face to face meetings because you you'd spent a lot of time traveling and, and I can assume a lot of your guys have been on client site um mm-hmm. and you know and that's for a consultancy and, and and our business it's you know it's what really helps cement relationships how do you think yeah. that's impacted or has it impacted your business like have you seen any fundamental effects to the business over the last three or four months as a result of that uh no no fundamental impacts although i think you know it's a matter of time i think when you work closely with your clients together on projects uh, mm. you, you build up relationships and and those relationships can sustain sort of the kind of bizarre changes that we've had in the last three four months but i think uh you know the longer it goes on i think the less you can kind of rely on that and you need to kind of yeah. almost top up the relationship with with some more sort of social interaction um you know i think as humans we're all designed to to connect with each other that's what that's what we're about so it's kind of unnatural to to be in this state um my my biggest fear i think when we went into lockdown was that okay well the existing work will continue that's all good we're all set up we know each other our teams are uh, working well together Uh, we've got a good relationship with the client but i was like ooh, but we'll never be able to start anything new it won't work you know how can we possibly build a relationship with a new (laughs) Um, but that has worked you know that has worked we've and and actually quite usually not just sort of um software development work we've done some advisory work over over zoom over teams run workshop um and 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 delivered that kind of engagement uh successfully as well so um i've been pleasantly surprised you know you sort of slightly programmed uh, in, in, in our roles to sort of worry about what might go wrong and, and, and think ahead and plan ahead for those sorts of risks. But um, yeah, I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised at how we've managed to get, get new projects up and running. It's been great. Yeah, I think it's that advisory piece. There's so much need and requirement there, isn't there? I know when, I don't know if you listened to the one where Elliot Antrobus Holder came on our podcast and he he's working in, I mean, he's been a permanent VP of digital before and he has now moved into a bit of contract work but now he's doing advisory work with just many different organizations because there's so much requirement for that at the moment but it's great to hear that there's still opportunity for you to be able to make new business and new connections during these challenging times I guess so it's amazing and it's brilliant hearing your story and obviously there's this natural affinity to client delivery and and that aspect from your background in consultancy which is brilliant and and you've played a key role in helping some organizations grow like we're talking about bgss which was fantastic and obviously Stuart came on our podcast and um, maybe he was like our third or fourth episode it feels like forever ago now and yeah. it, 
really interesting um, hearing their story. How how do you two both know each other then? Because Sam just said you've known each other for a while. Is that right? Oh, it goes back over ten years, I think. Sam. Yeah, we met. Um, I think we met when I was at ISOS, right. so long mm-hmm. time ago. Was that about I don't know, eleven, twelve years ago? Was that when Nigel was at BGSS? BGSS, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. I re- remember recruiting Java developers for you. Absolutely. <laughs> Never get enough Java developers. There's always a need for Java developers, even now. <laughs> but it's great to um, be able to play such a key role in instrumental position in these businesses growing. And clearly that's something you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what else gets you out of bed like what are you really passionate about doing at scott logic at the moment oh gosh i mean i think i've spent quite a lot of time in certainly last year but in the recent years sort of um building out sort of the the, the senior team and, and looking at our people and how we how we run the business and operate and work together mm-hmm. um and it's quite interesting you know what i said at the, the sort of the, the top of the conversation around wanted to know how things work. And that started with like, how do electronic things work? How do computers work? How does tech work? Um, but it's always been that curiosity that, that's been a theme throughout my career, I think, in terms of, uh, yeah, okay, how, the, how, the, how does tech work? How do businesses work? And that was, a, that, was a, that was a real thing for me. And that's why I made that deliberate switch into, uh, into what I did when I moved back in York and going to the, the marketing agency to get closer to that. Um, and then uh, how the projects work, I, I picked up a lot of that BGSS. But I think um, more recently, it's how the people work. I think that's the, that's that's been a big big thing for me recently. So that's kind of a become a bit of a bit of a passion. And um, yeah, something I'm quite excited about now in terms of some of the people we've got in place, uh, some of the hires we've made into the business in the last sort of year or so, coupled with. Uh, some of the new roles that some of our existing people have, have picked up as well and stepping up into. So that's, that's the thing that's kind of uh, kind of exciting for me at the minute. Yeah, and actually we're in a similar position with our business, right, Sandra? Like we've just had a bit that, yeah. bit of a restructure, and it's so nice like watching the little chemistries within the new teams form and like all yeah. these great things coming out of the past couple of months. And now we've started coming back in the office a little bit more. I mean, we're really fortunate. We've got quite a big office space in Leeds. So um, it's quite easy for us to be able to be um, socially distant. But it's nice to be able to watch the people come together in their little teams and all these amazing things happening, um, which is certainly really exciting. So that's great. Um, Clearly, you've achieved a lot. You've had a great, successful career in tech and, and you've worked on some big projects. But I'd love to know, what's your greatest achievement in life? Oh, that's a good question, Matt. Uh, and I think, um, I think there's been lots of, oh, lots of smaller things rather than one big thing. I don't think that you, you can necessarily pinpoint. Um, uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's tough it's to tough think one, of one like, thing, yeah. I can, you know, I can remember. Particular... What stands out to you is like, I don't know. What's the first thing that you think of? Um, what's the first thing? I think? I think at the minute it's some of the work we're doing at um, at Scott Logic and building yeah. out our uh, building out our senior team. Very excited about what we're doing with um, uh, our individual offices and, and the senior teams there. Um, so that's the thing. I think probably because it's current but I, it's it's taken a while to slot 
some of the pieces in. So it, it, it feels, uh, and we haven't, you know, necessarily seen all the results of that yet, but I'm, I'm really excited about that. So I think. Uh, it's like nurturing your little baby at the moment then. Yeah. <laughs> Now the kids have flown the nest. This Scott Logic now is the new one. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, what um, you've obviously you've come on a long way. You've worked, um, you know, for obviously you had the, the stint uh, within um, an agency, um, mm-hmm. but other than that, you've had a, quite a long-standing career within consultancy, which yeah. is amazing. Um, and and I, I understand, you know, that it is it, it's. It's a difficult, it's a different um, kind of beast really working within consultancy um, and obviously, um, you know, it, it can be quite um, pressurised in different ways and, and stressful. Mm-hmm. How, because um, some people kind of go into consultancy and then it's either, it's one of those, isn't it, where it, like Marmite, you kind of love it or hate it and, you know, people are like, now nah, I'm done with consultancy life. Um, you've obviously stuck at it you, you were in consultancy you left it for a bit you went back in and then you've had a good like what 15 years in consultancy oh, yeah, consistently yeah. how have you managed and dealt with the whole kind of like stress of it all do you think like why do you think you've really excelled in that environment um have you kept yourself sane and healthy and <laughs> looked after yourself <laughs> um I mean, I think the, the staying sane, I think, uh, hmm, it's interesting. I think the, the variety helps for me. I, I think the sort of the moving from, from challenge to challenge uh, mm-hmm. really helped certainly earlier on in my, in my consultancy career. Um, I think now, what do, what do I do? Um, I mean, of course, I've, I guess I've changed uh, some of my habits because I've, I've been at home in York for four months and not out on the road. Um, uh, but just... Um, it's just taking the space, I think, for yourself. It's just kind of uh, uh, you know, taking the uh, taking the pressure off a bit, doing something different. I've, I've been really getting into um, walking around York and and getting lots of steps in. So just like, and that's it's a really lovely good, place to live. Yeah, yeah. And to kind of punctuate the day, so uh, get up early, do an hour of walking, and then settle into the settle into the sort of the 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 work mm. and then kind of like the same in the evening so i've replaced, replaced commuting with 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 walking and yeah. a bit nicer actually but uh, at some point i'll get back to going <laughs> <to> games, but, <laughs> so. i know that's I'm the thing isn't it early, I think... uh, lockdown weight gain as well which is which is which i'm quite pleased about yeah. oh god you don't need to talk to me and sandra about the lockdown <laughs> weight gain <laughs> my uh, it was oh, exponential in it was kind of exponential in April, all in COVID cases, unfortunately, but uh, I soon got a handle on that. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think that's the thing with with whole, whole of lockdown, isn't it? That we've all, we're all coming out of this with things that we've we've changed and we're really enjoying, and things that we're missing. And it's trying to moving moving forwards. It's trying to get that balance, isn't it, of keeping some of those things in place and not losing everything all the new kind of habits and routines that we've picked up um which is going to be the next challenge i guess for us all no absolutely and i sort of deliberately put focus on that in terms of okay well this is you know potentially going to be quite a stressful situation there's a lot of unknowns in the business a lot of unknowns um you know personally you know i haven't been to my flight in london performance what's going on down there and um uh, and so there's all sorts of, uh, of interesting things to deal with and it's just like, okay, well, 
you kind of to get through this. And so, yeah, focus on well-being, uh, taking all the regular exercise and, and um, setting myself goals. It's just like, I'm really upset if I don't do 20,000 steps a day. So, so Wow. Wow. And, uh, and, and the same with the sort of, um, I've been, um, and this is thank you to, uh, to you and the taking time in tech, but I got back into mindfulness as well, which is something I'd done years ago. Oh, so, uh, that's really that. good to that's really good to hear oh brilliant um you should join us for the next one actually um because the next one's more about kind of like um um leadership and um managing and leading everyone through the next period of change and anxiety and all that sort of stuff so it'd be quite a good one um, and in fact on that note it'd be good to understand what um whether Scott Logic has plans to get their staff back into the office and how, I guess, how you're managing that as a business and if you're coming up with any kind of challenges or resistance um, mm-hmm. for the change. Yeah, we, um, we're keen to, to, to do the right thing by our people, but also um, we're conscious of society at large. So it's quite interesting, you know, we, you know, I suppose we could start opening offices and, 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 and uh, allowing people or asking people to go back, depending on which mm-hmm. way you look at it. Um, and then you think, well, okay, well, do we need to put pressure on the transport system by going into work? Um, uh, maybe it's more important that key workers can have a space on the train than we do. So there's all sorts of those thoughts sort of whirling around in, in your mind. But then we're also conscious of the people that actually work from home isn't as... Com- I mean, I'm lucky. I've got a, a room in the house. I've set up as an office. Uh, mm. I can put myself away in there, do my work, and then, and then leave it. And, uh, and, and, think, and you know, sort of step outside of that space. Um, but we are very conscious of the fact that that, that doesn't work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've just, uh, in the last week, sort of surveyed all of our people, spoken to them through the line managers as well, trying to get a feel on kind of like, where are you at with all of this now? Restrictions are easing. What should we be doing? Um, so I don't think uh, there's a sort of, um, the majority of our people are kind of, kind of sit somewhere in the middle, but we're conscious that there's a, uh, uh, there is a small but significant group who, you know, really want to get back mm. into the office for at least a, a couple of days a week. Uh, and that's probably driven by, you know, their, um, you know, unfortunately haven't got the space. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, in London don't have the, don't have the space for the sort of home office setup. Um, yeah. You know, sharing an internet broadband connection in a shared house and it, it dropping out and frustrating things like that. So there's all there's the fights that's caused, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know we had a terrible podcast recording once and we had to re-record the whole thing. And Ellie was on leave that day, yeah. so she specifically joined me to record a podcast. It was and the hottest was, day of the year, our lad. It, it was yeah, the hottest, hottest day of the year, and, and I loved on like at night or something half six seven um my internet was terrible um the the person that we were doing the interview with yeah. their internet was terrible and it was just yeah <laughs> so we came to do i what- should have been having a few gins in the garden but i logged on <laughs> did the podcast and then it didn't even get used in the end the material wasn't good enough so okay. she was sick. <laughs> yeah so there's all of those all those little hiccups and challenges, which make, mm-hmm. make it quite interesting. But, you know, we're, um, we're actively considering that now because it is feasible. Uh, we've looked into all the logistics, you know, health and safety. Hands-on. Cool. So you think you might be getting your staff back in soon then? Um, 
I think we want, think we want to do something. I don't think we necessarily want to mandate it, but I think yeah. you know, for those that it, it helps them, mm. uh, either because um, they, they're not set up for homeworking or, um, you know, they just feel isolated. They live, they live mm. alone and, and you know, kind of want to get out. And get yeah. Cool. I think that's quite important for people's wellbeing. How have you um, found that, um, or has lockdown and, and COVID, has it affected, um, you know, have you seen any issues with attracting talent or retaining talent? If you've experienced any challenges on that front? I guess we, um, there's probably less um, uh, sort of energy around both of those things at the minute you know we sort of like well, okay until the responsible thing to do is kind of not um not keep hiring as aggressively as we used to um just until we understand for sure what what's going to happen and, and i think you know in a business like ours there's potentially a a lag before any changes come through because as i say we've got projects in flight that continue but what does that mean in terms of in terms of the future so the responsible thing to do is not sort of continue to hire aggressively um and retention as well. I think probably people are very much in the mindset of, um, uh, you know, okay, well, we're in lockdown, uh, kind of get on with what we're doing. So um, there's no immediate challenge. I'm acutely aware of where will we be in the future and what's coming and, and wanting to be on the front of that. Mm. Um, you know, so just so important that we keep in contact with everyone. Um, yeah try and keep the communications up. Um, I think, you know, kind of hands up, I'd probably want to do better on that, but we, we do what we can. Um, and, and just keeping contact with people, because I think, you know, um, I, I think people will have kind of quite long memories of, of this situation. I think how, how individuals are treated by their employer during this period will reflect. So I don't, I don't think, you know, we're going to have sorts of people wanting to leave the business uh, next week, but I, yeah. I, I am conscious that how we conduct ourselves now will be reflected upon and could impact retention in the future. 100%, yeah. Definitely. As leaders, we can always do better, right? You can always do that little bit more. And I think actually, interestingly, from a recruitment perspective, the market now is, um, there's a lot of people looking for work, but there's not just the people that are on furlough or out of work that are worried about the work security there's so many people out there who just aren't happy with how the situation has been handled by their employer. And really? It's quite shocking, really. I'd say, I'd say like 50, yeah, probably about 50% of the people that are contacting me are, have got security right now. And I'm there saying like, are you sure you want to look like, obviously it's a, it's a time. I, I always try and push back a little bit on people because mm. like, it's really important that people make the right move. And, Absolutely. We're quite like that, aren't we, Sandra? That we'll always like test the boundaries a little bit to see where we're at. And I think it's tough because we just, yeah, it's it's hard because there's a lot of people looking for work that need work, but there's a lot of people that that don't technically need a new job, but they're yeah. not entirely happy with the situation. And that, that's, that's within the tech engineering space, or yeah, how, yeah. yeah, in the tech space, yeah, yeah, which is quite crazy, isn't it? It's, it's quite crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the start of lockdown and probably for a good couple of months. Um, we were in a position where we were struggling to attract talent, the right talent um, for our clients because um, everyone was, you know, just kind of quite nervous about moving. And also those that weren't wanted to stay true and loyal to their company, which is, you know, understandable. Um, But we've certainly seen 
a bit of a shift, haven't we, in the last kind of two, three, four weeks, really. Mm. Um, so, yeah, absolutely um, agree with you. What is it that's turning people off? Sorry, I'm interviewing you now, but what, what oh, is sorry. the thing that... Uh, <laughs> what's, what's turning people away from their current employer during lockdown? What are the hazards that, as leaders, we need to avoid? I think it's that communication piece and keeping in t- on top of people. And, yeah, I think, I think ch- checking in. There's a lot of value in just checking in on your staff and... Yeah. And sometimes people are like, actually, I've heard a few people say that my office isn't open until January and I can't stay at home. I don't want to stay at home and things yeah. like that. I've heard that a few times. Yeah. I think it's just a mixture, isn't it? I think like there's so much, like you said, it's hard because you want to communicate with staff as much as we can and support everyone. But like, it, I'm just thinking of my personal situation as a leader, like probably like 10 weeks ago when we were in the depths of it, but like, I was personally struggling as well. So to be able to then reach out and check in on your stuff is hard. And we've all tried to do it as much as we can, but now we're coming hopefully to the end of it and that everyone's feeling a little bit better. I think, I think just making sure your staff are okay and anything you can do to support and create that sense of community is so important. But yeah, you need to, every person, every person's situation is different. There's a lot of people that are so scared right now to leave the house and that there's no chance they're ready to go back into the office for the rest of this year. And then there's other people that just want to get back to the office as soon as possible. And it's yeah. And I think we've, we've had, we've had situations that some of, um, some of our staff, we, um, you know, that were really, really struggling to focus and, and, um, work from home. Um, and, you know, and I've offered some of our team optional furlough, more for their sanity and their health because um I mean one of one of our guys in, in particular, I mean she was just really, really struggling and and um you know and at the end of that she was like, I'd only want to return to my role if I can come into the office. Um she pretty much said I, I cannot, you know, I cannot work in at home. I can't, I just can't do it. Um so I don't I think it's you know I think we've, we're getting a kind of mix and there's some people that are still kind of obviously very worried and anxious about coming back into the office but others um you know where companies have announced and said look we're not looking we're not thinking about it we're not you know doing anything about it until at least 2021 we have had candidates where they're like do you know what if I can get back into a office <clears throat> I'll move um we've a couple the of our clients is, as well actually a couple of our yeah. clients have been in our offices using our um big meeting room because we've got a couple again, of meetings. we've got quite a lot of space they've so. um and we've we've done it all you know it's all been safe and we've cleaned it all down before and after and everything and done deep seems a bit um uh, i know i've heard of a number of organizations saying not back to the office this year or not back to the office till summer next year yeah. and, and i i thought hmm and I understand because, you know, there's, I get a lot of questions. We get a lot of questions from our people. And, you know, it's, I think it's natural human instinct. We want some sort of certainty. So mm. people, a lot of people want an answer. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm sort of being honest and saying, look, there's no playbook for this. None of us have done this before. I'm facing this situation for the first time. We're going to try and do the best we can, given the mm. circumstance. And I, I, I don't want to sort of lay down a policy around what sort of new normal and I hate the phrase um looks like because it's an evolving situation and so right now we're all work from home we may open up partially um Mm. and then we'll we'll take it from there and so I'm trying to be you know kind of just honest with we we don't have all the answers yet Mm. um we'll we'll do the right thing given the circumstances at the time and it's going to be a a a changing piece I think Mm -hmm. the thing is with tech there's always so many opportunities for people with the skill set so that, that if, if, if the office isn't open up till January 
2021 and there's six months till then and someone's got they're getting messages anyway about opportunity then they might just take the leap and people look after their staff in tech we're really fortunate the companies that we work with as a business really look after their staff so that there's always quite safe moves in tech i think to be able to make but it's a hard, it's a tough one because i'm really proud of the tech community for how responsible all the tech leaders have been and selfless in their um like perspective of it and like not we're not rushing anything and like all the leaders that we've interviewed on the podcast under haven't they been like no 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 like we're yeah yeah like the and there's been a big focus and emphasis around the people um during all our pretty much all our recordings as well which is really really great to to hear and um yeah it's been quite refreshing that I think like interestingly as well like one thing that we can all take from this year it's the first there's so much stigma around like mental health awareness and all this but this is the first year where we've all experienced some dark moment so I think the mm. best like the best outcome of this year is that we all take that appreciation forward because yeah. it's something that's always been tough isn't it but it but I think it's so apparent like right now that I think that's something really positive that we can take and there's so many different things that we can take from it but that's the most important thing that we learn about it isn't it moving forward so I've got two quick questions to end oh, gosh, right <laughs> first one's quite direct what is your top tip for leadership top tip gone mm. um <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think for me, um, something I mentioned earlier about about being accessible. Mm, um, yeah, I love that. And, and being being kind of quite transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think Sandra, you posted something about vulnerability in leadership as well, and I think that kind of yeah. um, what really works. I think if you try and connect on a on a personal level. I think rather than sort of, you know, it's not always easy to do, is it? It's not easy to do. It's not easy to do with over 300 people, but um, <laughs> somehow trying to trying to do that. Yeah. I love that accessibility piece as well, because like you say, even just hanging around the kitchen at lunch, it's something that you've got to make time for in your diary, because I'm sure your diary gets manic. But but I'm sure people love that and appreciate it. So I think it's such a simple thing that if any of us leaders could try and do that, once a week book out an hour and be seen and be present like that's such a positive yeah. thing isn't it and it's, it's yeah. a little thing yeah. that's amazing so we talked earlier about past couple of months of put a lot of plans on hold but it'd be great to hear like what you're most excited about any short-term longer-term plans with Scott Logic and personally as well like what have you got to look forward to mm. well I was say kind of um been quite a lot going on in the, in the, in the business recently. I'm I'm quite excited to um, uh, well, I'm very excited to get out to Copenhagen and get 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 more yes. going with our with our office over there. Um, How many have you got in Copenhagen? Well, we've hired our first employee, so we've got a oh wow a, an awesome uh, uh, awesome sales guy over there, Rene, and he uh, so he joined cool. us uh, about a week before Denmark went into lockdown, so we were sat. Uh, sat having a drink in in Bristol, and he's like looking at the news and like, ah, Denmark's going to lock down on Thursday. I'm not flying back to Friday. I better get on the plane tomorrow. Uh, Gosh. So, uh, so that was all too brief an introduction to the business, unfortunately. So, looking forward to to reconnecting with our what we're doing in Copenhagen and and and, and the expansion we've got over there. Uh, the interesting thing is, of course, that we've been we've been selling during lockdown and starting projects. Uh, 
over there in lockdown. So that's that's fantastic. Oh, great. Um, and then I think the other thing is, um, yeah, actually, just so excited to see uh, some of the new people that come into our business recently, uh, some of the new principal consultants, what our heads of consulting are doing around their offices uh, and, and that growing out. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it's exciting to see some of the seeds you've planted and watered a little bit grow, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. We've got some exciting times ahead. Have you anything to look forward to personally? Have you got any holidays to book in or anything? What holidays, Sandra? I don't know what this concept is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Do you know what though? People are starting to enjoy right. holidays, aren't they now? Like which is which is nice to, to yeah. see. I've I've just been to the lakes for three or four days and I wasn't really wasn't sure about going and how I'd feel while we were there and um, you were really anxious weren't you yeah well to the point where we nearly cancelled it um Mm. but I'm so glad we went now and I've got a friend that's in Sicily at the moment I'm so jealous um looks like she's having an amazing time I was quite disappointed I'd um I booked to go to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival in August. Oh, wow. Which I absolutely love. I mean, that's sort of, you know, we talked about sort of, um, uh, you know, taking yourself away from work and recharge. Like, yeah. that, that for me, kind of that annual sort of cultural recharge in Edinburgh and just exposing yourself to lots of creative things and shows. And, uh, yeah, that's so cool. That's a bit disappointing, but yeah. I'll replace well, it next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll all be, we'll all have a right jam-packed 2021, won't we? Yeah. I've got like so many weddings that have been cancelled this year that are booked oh, in for next year and yeah. on the holidays and 60th celebration that was due to happen in July. That's now next year. Yeah. So, uh, We've got some making up to do, haven't we? <laughs> I know, <it's>, um, <laughs> My parents unfortunately had to cancel their 50th wedding anniversary celebrations. So. Oh, yeah. how lovely! So sad, isn't it? The things that people have had to cancel, but mm-hmm. um, just make 2020 an even better year, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Nigel. It was so lovely for me oh, to get the opportunity to meet you, and I'm sure Sandra's joined. Uh, really enjoyed catching up with you again after such a long time. So yeah, it's been fantastic having you on the pod. If anyone does want to get in touch, are they best? emailing you linkedin oh yeah just drop me me a message on linkedin that's fine connect up yeah that'd be great cool perfect amazing and we're looking forward to keeping an eye on all the great things you're up to at scott logic and watching your journey as um, as the business grows so yeah amazing thank you thank Thank you. you